Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we can come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine. Listeners, I know I say it all the time, but I am really always excited to introduce you to the incredible people I get to know. Today, I'm super excited to introduce today's guest, my friend, Christopher Beth, founder of The Bucket Ministry. We've actually shared two of Chris's stories in Christian Living Magazine. He was our cover story way back in September of 2019, and then in January of this year, we shared another episode in Christopher's life. I might mention that these stories can still be read on our website, christianlivingmag.com. Christopher, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Very well, Sandy. I am so excited to talk to you again. It's been too long. It has been. It's it's so funny. So you're in Texas, and so this is actually my very first telephone interview. I'm so excited about that, too, but I'm relieved that it's a friend of mine. <laughs> not, Amen. Not, not going to lie. It's. I was glad. I was like, well, he's my friend. I can do this. This is easy. But I'll never forget how you and I met. So we have a mutual friend, Sophia, who... And one of the many things that Sophia does is she sets up the annual camp meeting for Church of God Seventh Day. And way back in 2019, in July, the week of 4th of July, actually, you were their keynote speaker in 2019. And I get this phone call from yeah. Sophia, and she said, you have an appointment to do an interview with Christopher Beth at this day, at this time. I will see you there. And I was shocked. Because I was like, well, first of all, I hope my calendar's open that day and that time. But she's never like that. So I knew that there was this passion that about your ministry that I needed to know. And I got there early, and I caught a good chunk of your keynote presentation. And oh, my goodness. It was, I completely understood instantly. So. Wow. Um, I, I do want to note here that, yes, that was a Church of God Seventh Day event, but you're not Church of God Seventh Day, and the Bucket Ministry is a completely non-denominational ministry. Is that not correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, we we, we want to be available to work with anyone that uh, believes that they want to use clean water as a way to advance the the kingdom and uh, the kingdom of God uh, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, we'd like to say we need more friends, not less. I love that. I love that. I also love your personal story. Um, and it's been, since normally we don't reshare what's in the magazine because people can read that, but it's been so long. Can you share with us a little bit about your personal story and how you got to where you are today? Sure. And so that's that's a lively story, and a, a lot of people like to hear it, I'm told, Sandy. And I think the appeal for it is it's just, is the story of an ordinary person. You know, I, I came from the business world. I spent 35 years as a business consultant, and I had no interest or aspirations of being part of a church, being part of a mission organization, taking mission trips, or frankly, and this is going to sound horrible, helping people. 
because I was just about myself and, you know, I thought I was driving the car for the longest time. So um, in 2007, I was in a uh, horrible car crash with my daughter and she ended up breaking her back. And through that process uh, in the hospital, I realized that I needed a friend that would never leave me. I, I realized that I needed to invite Jesus into my heart. So I surrendered my life at that point, and um, everything started to change for me at that point. But then we fast forward to 2012, and my daughter, same daughter again, uh, completely healed and very well. But uh, she came home from high school, and she said to uh, my wife and I, hey, I want to go on this trip to the Brazilian Amazon. And <laughs> Sherry and I looked at each other, and we're like, yikes. She's been to South Texas, but the Brazilian Amazon, I don't know. That's really far away. And then we thought, well, okay, we're going to let her do this, and uh, but one of us is going to have to go. So um, I, uh, I I drew that straw, and... But I think it's important to note that I only went on this trip to make sure my daughter came home. I went on this trip to be a dad. I didn't go on this trip because I had a love or compassion for the Brazilian people at that point. And I didn't even really fully understand my own relationship with Jesus at that point. I was still working through that. And while I had Jesus in my heart, you know, I wasn't actively displaying the fruit of that relationship at that point. So you were going simply as a chaperone. Yeah, solely. And so I go on this trip. We fly into Manaus, Brazil. We board an open-air riverboat that we were going to go 18 hours into the Amazon Basin. And uh, I'm telling you, it was the most uncomfortable trip of my life. Um, and even my daughter and I, uh, as we're hanging our hammocks that night of that first night on the boat, we, we, we said to ourselves, what have we gotten ourselves into? I, I mean, Sandy, it was like 90 degrees at midnight and a hundred percent humidity. I mean, you, if you stood still, your clothes were just drenched just from the humidity. And we're trying to hang hammocks and sleep in that weather. And then all these people around me are talking about Jesus. And that was an environment that I hadn't experienced before, where there were so many followers of Jesus that were assembled to be his hands and feet in the Amazon that I'd never experienced anything like that. So we take this trip, we go 18 hours into the Amazon basin, and on the third day, we were doing visitations in a village before we got started with other work in the village. And I was assigned to this team that we called the faith team. And I uh, remember I thought, you know, somebody must have a sense of humor here because uh, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know really why I'm here other than to make sure my kid comes home. And they want me to go talk to people uh, about my faith. And I'm not ready to start talking about that yet. So we're, we're getting ready to board a smaller boat to go across a river to visit people in this home across the river. And we get in and we go across the river and these, this Brazilian couple, they greet us very warmly and invite um, us into their home. And here I am, this giant, sweaty American. And um, uh, this little Brazilian woman looks at me and through my translator, she said, are you thirsty? And I was like, 
yeah, I'm thirsty. And at that point, I watch her walk into the kitchen. And Sandy, I'm not going to lie. I half expected her to open up a refrigerator that didn't exist and get me a bottle of water that didn't exist. Because at this point, what do I know about a world water crisis, right? Right. I mean, uh, I, I live in a very privileged part of Dallas that if I'm thirsty, I'm just going to walk across the street and buy a bottle of water. But here, this woman, I told her I was thirsty, and she had no refrigerator, no bottled water. And what I watched her do is she took two cups from her kitchen. They were mismatched, and they were cracked. And she walked out in the front of her house, and her house was on the, on the Amazon River. And she dips these two cups into the river and starts drawing water. And I'm standing in the doorway, and I'm, I'm thinking, what in the world is she doing? You know, does she expect me to drink that? And then I thought, nah, th- this is this is something else. She's going to water her plants or something with this. But sure enough, she comes back and she hands one cup to me, one cup to my interpreter. So there's these points in life where you have to make some pretty quick decisions. And those decisions are going to affect the outcome of your day <laughs> or, or maybe your life. So... On one hand, I'm sitting here holding this water that's dirty. I just saw her take it from the river, and I know if I drink this, I'm going to spend the rest of the trip in the bathroom. Yeah. And on the other hand, if I don't, she's going to think I'm rude because I just told her how thirsty I was. So I'm sitting here pondering this decision, and I look out the corner of my eye, and I see my interpreter, Nelson Campos, uh, who's still with us today as our director of Brazilian operations, uh, Nelson is wagging his finger at me, telling me no. So at this point, I understand I can't drink it, right? And um, But it starts to dawn on me that this is all these people have to drink. This is it. And so as I'm, uh, as I'm sitting here pondering this, I heard something that I've never heard before. And I will tell you that um, in most of my life, up until recently, I've never been in the business of hearing the Lord's voice. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I should say I never listened, because I think those two things are separate. But I had never heard the Lord speak to me. And uh, But while I was holding that glass of dirty water, I heard two words very clearly. And those two words were, help them. And I have to be honest, when I heard that, I looked around the room, and I wondered who was speaking those words to me. Look behind yourself. So I did where, where did that come from? Yeah. Exactly. So at this point, um, I'm trying to figure out what does help them mean? Am I supposed to cook them dinner? Am I supposed to give them 20 bucks? Should I give them a hug? So I leave there that day with this burden of help them on my heart. Get back home, back to the United States after that trip. And I still am carrying this burden of help them. And who was this that just spoke to me? And now at this point, 10 years later, from that date that that happened, I realized and I understand and I accept that God was giving me direction. And what I like to say is that day in that house, he educated me about the world water crisis. 
The World Health Organization cites that 785 million people around the world lack access to clean, safe drinking water. So that day, he educated me to that fact. That day, as I like to say, is also the day where I learned why I was created. And I learned what my purpose was. And uh, since that day, there's been a lot of discoveries, a lot of failures, and a lot of um, aha moments that have propelled us forward to understand what helped them meant was helping people have clean water, and not just a cup of clean water, but sustainable clean water, but more importantly, helping people have a relationship with Jesus through that clean water. So helping people have clean water and then helping people have the living water that can only come from that relationship with Jesus Christ. So because of that trip on that day, has allowed us to work in over 20 countries since inception and to take on some projects that, frankly, are way bigger than our organization, but we know that God is with us and um, he keeps providing every time. That's kind of how all this got started. It's so amazing because now, so how many countries do you work in now, today? Well, I would say... We've worked in 20 up to this date, but actively, I would say we are working in anywhere from 8 to 10 actively. And um, there's been some countries where we've gone to and instituted um, campaigns that, for whatever reason, uh, doors closed, and we backed out of those countries and waited until uh, the Lord reopened those doors. And But there's countries where the doors have remained wide open, and he has poured resources into being able to expand this vision, this help them vision of providing clean water and the living water in those countries. I love that. And, and part of that, so you and I, you, we, we know each other and we've talked um, about this filter. That, that filter is so good, and it lasts for, what did you say, 20 years? Is that right? Well, it's uh, yeah, it is. It is rated. It's been lab tested for uh, actually up to thirty years. It's been lab tested for, and uh, but uh, we know that um, if well cared for, it will last twenty twenty two years easily and may go up to thirty years. And I, I love it. We, we all hear the phrase, you know, put your money where your mouth is. But in this case, you literally um, do that. Uh, and on your website, I love it because you've got a series of I can't believe he drank that videos. And yet I, I per, you know, I, I threw the video because I have not yet been there. As you keep reminding me, I haven't yet been there. Um, but I've seen where you have taken disgusting water and poured it through this filter and drank it yourself without getting sick. And so um, I just have to say, and it's not a filter that's not that's not accessible for everybody. I actually, my husband and I actually ordered one recently and have it in our emergency kit. And so sure. that's that is way cool. So I mentioned earlier um, in in this in our little chat here that in January this year we shared another part of your story, and I, I just kind of want to touch on that because it's a very realistic. Um, part of our everyday lives these days, you were actually in, as I understand, Kabira. Um, mm-hmm. 
Kenya. In Nairobi, Kenya. And you came down with COVID really bad. You had like severe COVID. Um, what was that like? Yeah, that that uh, uh, that was uh, quite possibly the worst thing that's ever happened to me and the best thing all at the same time. And uh, this was um, February of last year. And this was prior to being able to receive vaccinations. I didn't qualify for the vaccinations yet. And um, woke up one day with um, symptoms, went and got tested, sure enough, had positive COVID. And uh, in a period of what was supposed to be an 11-day trip, um, I was in country in Kenya and could not return to the U.S. because I could not receive a negative test. And I got sicker and sicker as the days went on. And eventually got bad enough that I could barely walk to the bathroom. Um, and But yet I could not be admitted in Kenya in a hospital because they said my symptoms were not bad enough. Oh, my goodness. So, um, and so why I say it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me is if you've ever been sick in a foreign country and you cannot, and you're alone, and you cannot get admitted to the hospital, you feel pretty distant distance from everyone. But um, the story has just a remarkable uh, ending to it. And my wife, who's a registered nurse that was supposed to be on that trip with me, uh, her name is Sherry, and we've known each other since high school. And um, uh, she could not be on that trip with me because her passport did not come back in time from being renewed. So uh, as I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker, um, the Lord called on her, and uh, she she bought tickets to come to Kenya without having a passport. That's amazing. And I did not know that part of the story. Her faith was so strong that she was going to do this, that the day that she was leaving, her passport showed up in the mail. And she was able to come to Kenya, and um, she uh, nursed me back to health. And two days after she got there, um, I had a great big respiratory problem and was wheezing and woke up at 4 a.m. gasping for air. And if she was not there, I would have died that night. And there's, there's, there's no doubt in my mind or her mind. Uh, and... Uh, so we end up staying there another two weeks after that, uh, just to get me well and to get a negative test so I could come home. That was amazing. So I did. So I'm part of a group that you invited me into. And, and so I was following along and praying with so many others over this, but it Thank was just, you. it was remarkable. I, you know, I've never met Sherry yet, but I have to tell you, you know, we have the mileage difference. And yes, we've not we've not had a lot of opportunities to talk, but I you are somebody I consider a friend. And I remember when she arrived, I cried. <laughs> and I was like, it was tears of relief. Oh, he's got somebody there championing for him. But another part of this story is for our listeners who are not familiar with the bucket ministry and the work that you do is is Christopher, you don't just send people. You are actually boots on the ground with with these trips or the majority of these trips 
and and you are actively there giving both clean drinking water and introducing people to the to the living water and i just think that is so remarkable that you have as as we had spoke earlier you're you're an ordinary person doing extraordinary things that god has <clears throat> called you to do and i i personally thank you for answering that call because oftentimes we as ordinary people will get these assignments from God and we'll go, it's too big for me. I can't do this. And 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 we listen to the enemy instead of following our faith. And I just, I, I applaud you and I thank you for doing that. So, Well, you know where that gets really good, Sandy, is the entire Bible is filled with ordinary people doing extraordinary things for the Lord. Abs- and that should be all the examples we need. That that is so true. That is so very true. So we're we're coming up to the last couple of minutes here. Um, so tell us what's going on. You have some of the most creative team on figuring out ways to fund these things and to get people boots on the ground. So um, I know earlier this month you you're, you've held. Um, a record-breaking bucket thing. Actually, we're recording before that, so I hope you let me know so I can sure. update that on our social media and let people know how that comes. But what's coming up? You got trips coming up this year. Um, you do have a VBS program I want to talk about, and you are celebrating sure. your 10th anniversary. So let's let's wrap up real quick with all of that. A lot of stuff going on. So yeah, um, uh, in just a few days, we will be assembling uh, 25,000 water filters that are going to be shipped to the Cabrera slum here in Rockwall, Texas. And we're doing this um, to gather the community together to let them be part of this mission and at the same time set a world record for the largest amount of water filters assembled in one day. Um, then uh, you're right, we have a lot of stuff going on. We have our 10th anniversary trip to the Amazon Basin coming up in November of 2022, where um, that story that I just told about those people in that home and where God spoke to me, we are going to go back to the very home where God spoke this ministry into existence. We're going to equip those people with a bucket filter and everyone that lives around them, and we're going to breathe hope into that region of the Amazon Basin. And uh, so we've also got several other trips for the rest of this year going back to Kenya as well as some other places. And you can find information on that uh, on our website. And what is your website? It's thebucketministry.org, or we're on Facebook as The Bucket Ministry. Okay. And so just quickly, because we're coming, we're running out of time, Um, but our listeners are used to that. Um, Tell me, tell me just a little bit, the Reader's Digest version of what is your VBS program and how can churches become involved in that mm. as well? So we believe that connecting young people to the mission field at an early age is imperative. So we have programs to do deep dives, deep immersions in, uh, in the world of water and teaching kids how something that we take for granted every single day is a luxury to many people. So we try to connect the kids to the work that happens on the field, and they can even sponsor families to receive clean water, and the child can see exactly the family that that goes to through technology. Oh. So we're excited about that initiative. What what a great initiative that is. So we are out of time. It's I'm Kids Club. Kids Club. Oh, Kids Club. I love it. 
So uh, we are out of time. Christopher, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I so appreciate it. We need to do this again another day. And and just Amen. expand Thank this you so out. Much, Sandy. I do want to tell our listeners too again that that your website is thebucketministry.org. This does bring our time Correct. to an end for this week, folks. You can read both of Christopher's stories online at ChristianLivingMag.com by going to our columns tab and searching for the Bucket Ministry. We invite you back next week when we have a special guest in store for you, someone who will brighten your day and encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time. God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.